Hi everyone, my name is Sue. I'm a full-time working woman in her late 40s and mom to two young energetic boys living on beautiful Vancouver Island. I want to take this opportunity to share my experience working with Rachel Varga. With aging skin and a busy lifestyle, I felt that I needed some serious guidance on how to tackle my skin issues and overall wellness. Since my early 20s, I have made my skin health, diet and exercise a top priority. But I eventually found that the skin and hair care products I was using and spending a lot of money on just weren't cutting it. I scheduled a one-on-one consultation with Rachel earlier this year in May and also attended the recent spring skin camp where I learned so much from the tutorials. During the one-on-one, I instantly felt a warmth and openness and Rachel really took the time to listen and provide practical and personalized recommendations. She now has me dialed in with my products and supplements to support me from the inside and out. After only using the products for a couple of weeks, my skin and hair felt incredible and it helped me to not only restore my confidence, but I am now receiving compliments on my healthy glow. Rachel also provided some valuable biohacking tips for both me and my family. Over the months, Rachel always took the time to respond to any questions I had. I recently had a 30-minute follow-up appointment with Rachel and again, it was such a pleasure connecting with her. Her expertise in the field of skin aging and radiance is unparalleled and I trust her completely. Rachel has changed my life and she has inspired me to strive to be the best version of myself in every way. I can't recommend working with her enough. Welcome everyone to today's episode on the Rachel Varga podcast. If you're new here, I just really want to invite you to have a good time in today's episode and my credentials. I'm a registered nurse with board certification in aesthetic nursing. I'm a board certified aesthetic nurse specialist with 10 years in the industry of, you know, helping clients get the skin that they want both at home and in clinic. And I'm also an international trainer and speaker and academically published award-winning writer in the space of aesthetic medicine and aesthetic nursing with over 20,000 rejuvenation procedures performed. So with that out of the way, just so you know where my background is coming from, today we're going to talk about a topic of innovative medicine, innovative health, the future of how we can optimize what we do at home, how we can track things like our sleep, heart rate variability. We're going to talk about the biofield and really uh, our insight into where we think the future of anti-aging and health optimization is going to be headed with our special guest today, Casper Schultz. Let me tell you a little bit about Casper. He was born in Manhattan, New York. I love New York. From an early age, he was exposed to a lifestyle of healthy diet, exercise, and a holistic and spiritual mentality. His father, a pioneer in integrative medicine and mother, a psychologist, immigrated here with his older brother from Poland in the 1970s. He was fortunate enough to travel the world from a young age and accompany his parents to many medical events. Casper attended Boston University School of Management, where he received degrees in marketing and finance. He then worked as a financial analyst before starting to venture into the now known company Innovative Innovative Medicine at the age of 22. Casper is currently the president and co-founder of Innovative Medicine, a company dedicated to transforming healthcare through an advanced and truly comprehensive form of personalized integrative medicine. His work in medicine has garnered attention from top medical minds across six continents, including normal Nobel laureates, top CEOs, Hollywood royalty, best-selling authors, and more. In addition, he oversees the New York Center for Innovative Medicine NYCIM, a renowned medical center that attracts patients from all over the world. Welcome, Casper. It is an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your story and how you began your journey into integrative health. Well, thank you for having me on, Rachel, and uh, for that wonderful intro. I feel like so much was covered there in my story, but but there's a lot more to it, right? And uh, yeah, my story really started from a very early age where I was exposed to a holistic lifestyle. And I always say, I, you know, when I grew up, 
food in my pantry was so boring to the kids on the block. So it would all be healthy stuff. There was no chocolates, no kind of packaged stuff. My mom would go, you know, cook every day, fresh organic stuff. And, and I would go into other people's pantries and just be like a kid on Halloween, just picking out and just, wow, you guys eat this all the time. But that's a little bit of the reflection on the society we live in, how we eat and how that dictates our lifestyle and our health. But I, I didn't have that. So growing up was a little bit unique and different in that way. And I was really, really fortunate that my father, who started off as an anesthesiologist and went into pain medicine, and was very conventionally minded as a physician when he was early in his career, began to question that around the time I was born and began to look at, wait a second, it seems like I am doing as much as I can in the conventional world and the patients get a little bit, bit better and then get worse. And they keep doing this. And we're doing this revolving door. And he said, there's got to be something better. I didn't get into medicine to give patchwork and crutches to these people to live the rest of their lives in pain and agony. And so he, he basically went on this mission to, to find out what else is out there. Because in my conventional realm here at the hospital where he worked and in private practice, he ran out of things. He didn't have any more options. So out of frustration, out of necessity, he started to travel the world and I got to come along with him because he didn't want to leave his family behind. So, so I was that kid at like, I don't know, 11 or 12 with long flowing blonde hair on the Great Wall of China while he was learning about traditional Chinese medicine, acupuncture, O-ring testing, all these interesting things. And I, I was around all these doctors um, from China to we were at Cambridge uh, University in Oxford, down to South America, even learning about shamanic. So it wasn't that he was only looking at very advanced things. He was looking at the past, ancient traditions that could be utilized. Ayurveda, traditional Chinese medicine, shamanism, natural European biological medicine. And it really spanned the whole globe. And here, when, when I was young, I thought all doctors did this. That was my impression that every doctor just took their kid around and, and learned about all these different modalities and everything. And I was, I was kind of a little bit surprised when I finally got out of college thinking that was medicine and spoke to people in medicine. They're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> we don't learn about acupuncture in medical school and we don't travel the world learning these things out there. But you know, when my father started to apply these things along with conventional medicine, he saw the results improved. And as he kept going that route of giving more options and addressing root causes, not symptom management and disease management, his results got better and better. And so when I got out of college, I started in finance because that's what I wanted to be. I was either going to be a big time lawyer or, or a Wall Street bro. And it was just about making money. And I was in for a really rude awakening because finance was not my thing. One year in and I was just miserable. It was just hitting buttons and, and kind of, you know, so much hierarchy to this really big organization. I was still in Boston at the time. And again, the universe kind of intervened and said, all right, you know, this isn't for you. You realize this now, you know, nice of you to experience that and learn it yourself. But we have something else in store for you. And my co-founder, who was a childhood friend, his father was a doctor as well and knew my father. That's how I knew him. He was in medical school, Cornell, and called me and said, hey, I've been going to your father for allergies that I've had forever. And he fixed them in a few months when conventional medicine for the last 10 years couldn't do anything for me. We got to do something with this because it's really special. It's different. you know. And I'm in medical school and I, I just don't want to keep going this route. And I said, you know what? I'm really miserable at my job right now. Let's do it. I get what my father's doing is kind of cool and everything. I think we can make a business out of this, sell some you know, supplements that they use at the practice and maybe train some doctors. And so we started Innovative Medicine. So it was one year out of college. I was really young. Back then, entrepreneurship wasn't even really a word. They didn't even teach it at my business school, Boston University. And I, I didn't know what I was doing, really, but I knew that there was an opportunity here. There was a possibility to do something special, and I wasn't even quite sure what that would be. And over the years, that really morphed into this true passion for health, healing, medicine, and this idea that we can change medicine for the better 
if we apply the knowledge of so many others, not just my father, my father says he rests on the shoulders of all these geniuses that come before him, you know, going back to Paracelsus and Hermes and even including Einstein and all these wonderful people that, that kind of brought up this idea we're only energetic beings. And so, you know, that, that became the kind of mission of innovative medicine to this day where we really want to change medicine to help people heal and stay healthy. This is the, the greatest wealth is health, as, as Waldo Emerson wrote. And, and so we really believe in that. We're trying to change the perception around what is healing, that you don't just need pills and injections of chemicals and other things, which I'm not saying are right or wrong. They're necessary as well. They have a place in medicine, but there's so much else out there. And that's really what the integration is about. And that's where my journey has, has kind of led me to this to this time now that I feel is more necessary than ever, that we put health first, prioritize it and find solutions to regaining our health and then also preserving it. Kudos to your father for integrating holistic modalities alongside his traditional Western medical trained kind of like theos. My brother-in-law is actually in his first year of med school right now. And I'm always asking him, you know, what are you learning about? He's learning about cardiology. And then I kind of went down the rabbit hole of how, you know, different electrodes are placed on different areas of the chest to basically detect the energetic vectors coming out of the heart. And then I went down this rabbit hole of how we can actually use specific devices like the BioWell behind me, which I know that you've used as well, which actually can measure, get this guys, the photon emission from our fingertips. And then that information gets extrapolated into computer software and we can actually measure and detect our biofield and chakras and all sorts of stuff. So it's kind of like a really crazy time because we now have the technology to support some of those, you know, typically woo type of health and healing topics. And the rock star physicians that I know are actually, you know, Western trained, traditional medical, uh, traditionally trained medical doctors that have then added integrative or functional medicine into their toolkit. Are you finding that as well? Oh, absolutely. And I think I've, I've always kind of had this stance that while specialties that go outside of conventional medicine, whether that is acupuncture, naturopathy, all these others are incredibly important. If you're really going to look at integrative medicine, you got to look at it all. You got to be conventionally somewhat trained. And there is that. I'm not saying all of them, you know, all anyone outside of conventional medicine is, is against it. That's not true. But I do see in alternative and integrative care that a number of people still specialize and still don't utilize a lot of the advanced technology like BioWell and other things within their practice and stick to what they know. And again, sometimes what they know is somewhat limited and it's not integrating other things. So I've always said that the best kind of doctors you could go to have an understanding of all these other pieces or at least other people around them that could fill in the gaps and utilize the advanced technology that is now available to them. So yeah, it's it's really interesting where we are right now because you are finding more and more physicians, MDs and others that are going into this. Functional medicine has done a great job of kind of leading the path to something that goes more into energy medicine, that goes more into what I believe is true integrative medicine, where you're taking all of that and kind of pushing it forward. But it's a really great time for that. And especially since we do have the technology that now can, like you said, read energy and actually validate a lot of what the last hundred years have been validated by quantum physics, but the last thousands of years have been every single culture has talked about energy since Egyptians and even before then of what an important role it plays in health. So now you're having a lot of these doctors that are able to do that with technology and make it easier for them as well and the patient. Mm -hmm. And I do actually see uh, some traditionally trained providers kind of struggling with opening their minds to having an awareness around all these other modalities that consumers are looking at doing and, and are interested in, but there's kind of like a nervousness that they might get flack from their colleagues, which I think is really too bad, because if you just function and, and provide care in a way that that's the way that you were maybe taught 10 years ago. Well, what about all of the other clinical and, you know, 
technological advancements that have come through some of the work through CERN, which the Large Hadron Collider. And did you know, Casper, it's starting back up again this year? Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's I didn't know that. But that's great news because so much of what's going on there helps validate a lot of what I think medicine is looking at, especially on that side of bioenergetics and then kind of bioresonance. So that's awesome mm -hmm. news. Yeah, I, that's kind of what I'll do on my evenings. I'll watch stuff on CERN and, you know, <laughs> such a nerd. Geek don't out look, over that. I know, oh, I, yeah. I'm with you on that. <laughs> and if you guys don't really know what we're talking about, this is literally the biggest thing, the LHC, that humans have ever made. This is bigger than the pyramids. And last time it was fired up, what was that, like 2016 or 2017? That's uh, actually when the God particle, the Higgs yes. boson field was detected. So this is kind of like that space, that little like cosmic web that's in between everything. And that detector, the LHC was actually able to kind of visualize that and fill in the gaps in some of the uh, physics models. And I just cannot wait to see what gets discovered now that they've advanced their detectors, they're gonna be looking for all sorts of cool things here. So let's talk about the human biofield and bioenergetics, because this is something that I've really been leaning into. Uh, there's definitely things around us that we can't see. We only see 3D, but there's lots of things like our biofield that is invisible, but we can actually test it. So I'd love for you to share your understanding of the human biofield and bioenergetics. Yeah, well, I've always been taught and and by experts and my father as well that healing really and and disease really starts in the invisible. It starts in the unseen. Once you see something, it is at a very late stage. That's why I don't like the idea of of kind of preventive medicine saying it's early detection because early detection is something already that so manifested itself on so many levels over so many years that it's really late 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 detection but not yet disease fully detection. So, you know, if, if you look at the human body and, and really where things initiate, it always starts on an energetic principle. And we all have, we are energetic beings. Again, that goes back to Einstein equals MC squared. And, and a wonderful person, if you want to look into is George Lukowski, who talked all about biophotonic and how we give off, emit this energy and light. And if we have these disturbances in the, the our energetic fields, that can be the initiation point and often is for manifestation of disease and dysfunction. So, you know, again, going back so many civilizations in traditional Chinese medicine, Ayurveda all understood this and understood, and maybe they had different words for it, but, you know, it was still there. And that's the beauty of what quantum physics is looking at and kind of describing for us in very scientific ways. So as whereas you could look at ancient civilizations and, and many like to dismiss almost what they knew and oh, so primitive, they didn't even have any kind of technology around. And it might have been primitive words, but their understanding was probably way more advanced than most of ours was on how human and and the nature and nature works together on this energetic field. So, you know, when we look at it. We are testing at our center, not just for the biochemical, because that's usually already assessed. And by the time someone gets to our center, they've been through conventional route. They've had different types of biochemical testing and lab testing. And nowadays you could do so much on your own. There's Everly Well and Vio and we taught and all these things. You could find out so much, but you're still missing that kind of upstream piece, I say, which is where the bioenergetics are. That's the really subtle stuff. That is the initiation piece. And why that is so important is because if you only look downstream, you could pick up a lot of information about what's in the water. Maybe there's, you know, different types of toxins in there and chemicals, but you can't get the why. And the why is so important. Why are these chemicals here? And that's the one question I'd never hear doctors asking or patients. And it is, why do I have this disease? It's not one thing to tell me that, oh, lab results came back. You have X diagnosis. And this is how we treat X diagnosis. I wish more people would say, that sounds good, doc. And you're giving me a, a diagnosis, which gives me a description of my symptoms. Okay. But I still think it's my disease and different than someone else with this diagnosis. But why is it there? And biofield, bioenergetics, energy in general answers that for us. So we're able to go at the initiation point and go deeper 
and find where in the energy fields is this really occurring that is allowing it to go downstream and do that. And even tapping into bioresonance and things like that and information, let's say, you could get great information on, is this electromagnetic sensitivity that's causing this dysfunction? Is it geopathic? Things that you'll never get a readout for in a lab and things that we've seen at our center that may be the missing piece because people go through so much and get passed from doctor to doctor and what's going on. Oh, well, maybe we'll try this. Maybe we'll try that. But if they don't have any way to analyze the biofield and get those types of answers on what can be the initiating factor for my dysfunction and disease, then it makes it really hard. You're, you're basically throwing darts in the dark and trying to hit something. Whereas the biofield, bioenergetics, energy in general allows you to put a light on it and see it clearly. So that's that's what's been, I think, incredibly exciting. I know for my father, when he started learning about biofield, bioenergetics, bioresonance, just energy in general, it just transformed the way he saw medicine. It was no longer that symptoms and diseases mean that much because they kind of don't. They are still necessary. I understand that. But until you have a why and understand an initiating factor underlying the root causes, as we always say, then it's it's really difficult to reverse disease or even, you know, preserve health in that sense. I love it. We speak the same language. We're kind of on that same wavelength. So I love the wavelength. I like that. Yeah. yeah. The frequency wavelength. That's all part of it. <laughs> we are coherent. <laughs> yes. Anyways, I would love to actually take our audience behind the scenes here a little bit. So if you are watching this on the Rachel Varga official Facebook page and YouTube channel, you're, we're actually going to do a live reading of my biofield just to help all of you tuning in here to understand really what we're talking about. So I'm just going to share my screen here. So it's going to look a little inception-y for just a hot second here. <laughs> Uh, can you see this? Okay. I got that. Yeah. Great. So this is what my biofield looks like just a couple of days ago. And so if you're kind of like, oh, what's the aura, things like that, what can we use to detect things like the aura? Well, this is kind of it, right? So we have uh, an, an, kind of this like field around this that's invisible, but we can actually use these types of technologies like the bio wheel to assess the bio well to assess it. So we're uh, looking at my chakras here and I don't really necessarily understand how it's testing this. Uh, I find that really interesting, but it also goes through uh, this type of technology can give you a reading of what's happening on an acupuncture TCM level two. So my liver's actually been showing up over the last few days. And the reason I wanted to mention this, Casper, was because you were talking about early detection. And I have an analogy. If we look at things as like yellow flags or orange flags and catch them using these types of pieces of technology, we can prevent them from becoming red flags. Now, that being said, this isn't medical advice. This is educational information only. If you think you have a medical condition, you must seek the guidance of a licensed physician. But this is really giving you an insight into really how we can assess our energy. So we're looking at my stress is optimal. It's in the optimal ranges. Energy is optimal. Balance is optimal. Organ balance is optimal. And then this is a really cool diagram here. And I'm not sure, Casper, if you're seeing this in your um, in your field, but my thyroid has been uh, popping up a little bit and also sacrum from sitting long, long and also liver. So I've been working, I haven't had any alcohol this week. I'm really trying to uh, work on my liver because that's starting to show up. But um, in discussion with a few other people, we're starting to see more thyroid and throat activity with these test kits, um, with these detectors. And it's kind of postulated that it might actually be from uh, mask wearing of all things. Very well can be. And I mean, that's a discussion I've had with other doctors as well as the exchange of different gases that you need during respiration are very important and masks kind of, you know, stop that in some senses, the ability to catch certain bacteria that are supposed to exit, you know, through that. Breathing is a detoxification measure, right? Breathing is so important. And if you kind of cover it up and everything, you could you could run into things locally as well systemically. So it's interesting, again, that you could pick that up before it's a huge problem, before it's manifested on the biochemical sense. 
And I think that uh, ability, and I think anyone that's listening should know, it, it's not this or that in a sense. It's not only do bio well and then forget about biochemical testing. It's look at it in a, and again, in an integrative approach. Look at all of it and try to get as many answers as possible. Basically, you have one chapter with each of these and you're trying to put together your book of who you are. So we always say, whether it's the BioWell, we use HeartQuest, we use bioenergetic and bioresonance testing in different methods or muscle testing. We use lab analysis, functional tests, genetic tests. Like, And it's not to say that more is better because sometimes more information just overwhelms. But if you're skilled at what you do, you know what to pick up with uh, that information and something like a bio well, if you see that you might see the markers start to change on your thyroid panels and everything else very soon. It doesn't mean it'll happen right now, but the converse is that if you address it, you'll see down you know, stream again, that everything starts to work together and they are very much coherent, what, whatever type of testing you do, but the bioenergetics are definitely more subtle and, and pick up on things way earlier. Oh, yeah. We just had a question come through. How do you get the BioWell? How do you download it? Right now, this technology is exclusive to practitioners. So I can get it as a registered nurse. Um, there is some training that is done alongside it so that you're using it properly. But there is going to be a consumer version of this coming this year that I'm aware of. So Stay tuned for the consumer application of this so that we can continue to take our health into our own hands. And it actually works by assessing the photons that are emitted from your fingertips. And again, the highest emitters of light from our body, our face, our palms and our fingertips, which is very interesting. So Casper, why do you think we need to redefine the word anti-aging and apply a more holistic and inside-out approach? I think the word anti-aging to most means looking young or skincare beauty, which I, I don't really see as the same at all. Skin's incredibly important, one of the largest organs, an organ of detoxification. It's constantly taking things in and out. We have to look at what we're putting on our skin because so many of the toxins we put in carcinogens come through the skin. But when you look at the term anti-aging and where people usually associate it, I want to associate and redefine it as simply the, the act of the human body to age at its natural process. And not to say it's anti uh, against aging. Aging is a process we all have to go through in life and we can't stop that. But what we can do is do it naturally. So many of us age at a very quick rate. I remember talking to T.S. Wiley, who has a book out on, on lights and survival and hormones. And she basically said, since we introduced the light bulb and you know we're always stimulating our endocrine system and producing, it's like we have four summers a year, we're kind of aging at four times the rate because of that. Because we're always stimulated by some of our hormones. We're supposed to have these cycles in life that slow down the aging or at least make it go naturally. So if we're doing it four times as quickly, you know, and yes, a lot of anti-aging shows on the skin, but that's just a reflection of what's going on in the inside. We can't see that. We can't see crow's feet on our liver, right? We can't notice those things, but just think about it that way, that every single cell ages in your body and you want to regenerate those at the appropriate rate. So we need to look at anti-aging or this idea of even holistic aging and just being healthy as something that we are in proper regeneration of ourselves and able to optimize our health that way that then shows through the skin, that then shows through everything about us in our mentality and our demeanor and everything else. So I, I want to kind of look at anti-aging as something we all need to be looking at and addressing from the inside out with things like more water, just less toxicity, everything else. And of course, looking at it through a holistic prism of not just what you put in your skin, it's what you ingest every single day. It's every single action you take is either leading to a more degenerative state, which is aging quickly, or a regenerative state, which is anti-aging in a sense. So that's where I think a, a lot of people are kind of missing the point and how they go about anti-aging is almost against what, what we're saying here because they go with toxins, you know, Botox and other things like that. 
and never do anything on the inside. I'm not against Botox. I mean, I don't think it's absolutely healthy, but why wouldn't you do a detox at the same time? You know, to just do that and run out and just inject a really potent neurotoxin into you and just freeze up your face, that that doesn't really seem like a solution. It's not really anti-aging. And same with, you know, cosmetic surgery. I'm not against it. Everyone has that choice. But we need to at least throw some other options on the table. It's not just surgery, Botox, or fillers. It's detoxification methods, more water, what you're doing, lifestyle, exercise, and then going towards more holistic, I would say, beauty products, more facials that are not using chemicals, laser therapies. That's what we're trying to incorporate in our anti-aging division is this idea that you don't need something harmful to look younger as most people see anti-aging. You could actually do it. And it does start on the inside as well. If you're healthy on the inside, it shows on the inside, outside. It sure does. I love how you approach that topic. And yes, this is going to be, I understand, rather ironic from someone like myself that's built a career. 10 years, 20,000 rejuvenation procedures later, not on myself, on my lovely, <laughs> lovely clients. And I certainly will attest to exactly what you just said, that clients that take more of that inner health, their at-home skin health optimization, do the dermal roll-in at home, and then get some laser treatments done, but really injectables as the last thing. And mm. I even have on my consent forms, and I actually teach this when I train, because I train physicians and nurses internationally. And I like to recommend that, you know, we never treat our clients or get procedures done when we're not feeling great. And mm. I actually have that on my consent form. It's like, how are you feeling today? Do right. you have any underlying autoimmune conditions? And unfortunately, this is a big area that of learning needs to occur in aesthetic medicine and aesthetic nursing. So my next paper is actually going to be an algorithm on how we can test individuals before they undergo, for example, treatments like neuromodulators to see if if their detoxification pathways can even handle it. And I think it's really important because you'll hear about people that maybe don't feel so great after doing certain treatments. And, you know, sure enough, they probably have something underlying. And if their clinician had asked them about it, then they could have maybe potentially avoided that. So these rejuvenation treatments are not benign. They are medical treatments. You must seek treatments through board certified physicians, nurses, and we're not talking people that have just done a weekend training, like ongoing training and learning. So I am actually working very hard, Casper, to kind of disrupt the industry a little bit and really put that focus away from just the injectable stuff to more of that skin health optimization and really do what we can at home to give our bodies the best shot at aging well. And certainly when you started talking about toxins, I feel like we have more toxins around us than ever. All Everything from air toxicity. So I have my air purifiers in each of my, ro my rooms here. I did an interview with David Milburn from Hypo Air. And also uh, filtered water. I do structured water with the Soma Vedic and Art Crystal. I'm a huge fan of that. Mm -hmm. And also making sure you're using skincare products free of parabens, phthalates, sulfates, artificial dyes, fragrances, and not testing on animals. And also being third-party lab tested for your skincare products and also your supplements is really important so that we're not adding to our toxic load. So Casper, where does biohacking fall into health optimization? Because certainly we're seeing a subset of individuals who are really caring for their health. I think about my husband, he's a pro athlete. He's so incredibly in tune with himself, with his body, mind, spirit, energy. He knows when he needs to make adjustments. He knows when something doesn't agree with him. But some of us, like you and I, we want to see more of the metrics. So tell us about what you're seeing in the population right now of individuals who are actually taking control and charge of their own health and wellness and how their aging process is different. Yeah, it's, it's a really interesting time for that because I've, I've interviewed a lot of different biohackers and I've been on with Dave Asprey and Simland I just had on the show recently. And, and all these people I see, it's a, it's a great bridging of the gap 
between where biohacking was really this initiation only for the top performers or real optimizers and people that thought they could kind of hack their own biology even further and kind of change their genetic material and all that, you know, crazy kind of, you know, out there stuff into more of this. Well, this is really what health optimization is. It is kind of hacking your biology to be your best. And this is what medicine is. It's reversing that kind of what was detrimental to get you back into optimize. So the end goal of medicine, biohacking, and all of this is to be the best version of you health-wise. And health is body, mind, spirits, all of that. So, you know, where, where it's going now and the options and tools you have available to, to kind of track this stuff, because like you said, uh, you know, it's one thing to be very in tune with yourself and have that intuition. And I feel many of us have, have lost that and we aren't living as one with nature and you really felt then you could tell, oh, I feel something coming on. I know what I should take. I should take this ginseng and everything else. And you know, no, we just kind of work through everything. We're so busy, so stressed that we don't even know what's good for us sometimes. And we are sometimes eating things that are causing inflammation, thinking it's good for us. And we don't know that. But the beauty is we have the tools. Technology has advanced so much that we are able to do that. And it also can help us guide that intuition to see, because otherwise you may question it always. And we do that too much. We're in our heads a lot. So even I would say tools like meditation tools are wonderful ones to regain some of that, optimize your health and gain that intuition. But so much of the technology out there, I think, whether it is just aura rings and HRV kind of assessments or going into things like, again, Viome and all these different tests and and. Um, you know, utilizing even uh, different machines to measure your metabolic states. And there's so much out there and it's a beautiful time. And I do really think that the biohacking world and these people are looking to optimize themselves are leading the way in a sense, but it's going into the masses. And that's wonderful because that gives people power to find out how to optimize their health. And I think there's still a long way to go because people are just adopting these and just starting to kind of put their priority there. And it, oftentimes, I will say, it's it's a lot to take in because there's so many different things out there. What do you do? But that's where I do find experts are good at this. People that have experienced it help not just themselves, but others are very good people to listen to. So you could cut through some of that you know, overwhelm of what are the options. So I'm really excited for, you know, just like I feel functional medicine has paved the way for doctors to move out of a truly orthodox old school mentality and lead into these new things like energy medicine, which hasn't yet been adopted fully, but more and more are every day moving in that direction. I think biohacking has done that for the general public to get really interested and start to track things and, and really optimize their health. So I'm, I'm really, really bullish on, on this idea of biohacking continuing to grow and really leading into just health optimization and medicine on a whole. Mm -hmm. I'm quite fortunate that I have a very forward thinking GP, my doctor. And so I'm dealing with, you know, some headaches, some whiplash stuff. So that's one of the reasons why you see me doing cold therapy is mm -hmm. because it actually really helps me with pain It helps to regulate my nervous system and all sorts of good things. And I was telling him this and he was actually really interested in learning about these different approaches because they're non-pharmaceutical ways to help our body out, which is great. And biohacking uh, technologies and wearables and things like that are getting more affordable than ever. So really um, using certain types of technologies in and around your home and on you are getting more affordable. Uh, and they're also getting just better with less EMF that's kicked off and things like that. And I will say that biohacking as a whole has moved away also from technology more towards things like earthing, like yes. understanding kind of structured water without just the technology even in it and understanding quality of water matters. You know, drinking out of glass versus drinking, you know, just plastic bottles with BPAs and obesogens in them. You know, that's something that biohacking has addressed. So there are many free ways you could biohack yourself also and just breathing techniques and nose breathing and closing your mouth, things like that, that are really kind of going mainstream in the biohacking world that are really just mainstream for health optimization. So that's pretty cool. Also, that's not a reliance on technology alone. It's there. Uh, absolutely. But you could take steps right now, hundreds of them that are completely free. 
I love what you said earlier that we are energetic beings and heck yeah, we are. Ions mediate literally everything from hormonal release to neurotransmitters to the way that your blood cells are actually interacting with one another. When we are ungrounded, we become a bit too positive and our red blood cells will actually glue together. They'll get kind of sticky. And I have a picture of this on my social media at Rachel Varga official on Instagram, you can check it out. But literally when we are ungrounded, we're on our technologies all day long, we're yapping away on our cell phones, we got the Wi-Fi going, we got the, the Bluetooth uh, headsets on, we got the Bluetooth speakers, the Bluetooth printer, everything in our homes, they kind of mess with that. So just taking your shoes off for a couple minutes a day, getting that grounding. I love to do that in the morning. I have some ducks at the pond at my house. And so I'll wake up, I'll have my coffee, I'll feed them some oats. And so that's kind of my morning routine right now, which is really fun. But we do have to work a little bit harder to mitigate some of these things. And uh, biohacking isn't like a shortcut. It's actually just giving you metrics as to what your body might doing to give you insight into those yellow flags and orange flags, which are going to impact the way that you age. Because when you're dialed in, you're grounded, you release some of those excess protons with the earth so that you get that on um, uh, that ionic balance, your body is just going to function better and your red blood cells actually won't stick together quite as much. We know this through uh, the use of live blood analysis and electron microscopes. So Casper, where does spirituality fit in with aging? And do you see your most thriving clients in your center having some type of spiritual practice? And also, how does that maybe even show up in some of the technologies like the BioWell with the biofield readouts? Yeah. When, when you talk about spirituality and you, and you go into this and a lot of people mistake it for like religious or anything like that, it's really not that at all. That spirituality is about human consciousness. It's about your connection, your feeling, you know, purpose in the world. And one of the things we did years ago is we kind of did a survey and look at the analysis and the, and the kind of metrics and numbers and lab results around a lot of our patients that had gone through treatment. And we looked, a, a large portion of them got much better and, and continued to get better and, and just thrived. And some, of course, it's not 100% didn't. And they came back with some things and everything. And you looked at, well, what was the difference? It's not, you know, the therapies were, you know, similar, personalized to them, but it's not that someone was cut off from one therapy or another. And after really interviewing so many different people and, and going through it, we found the X factor in all of this was purpose was that feeling of doing. And a lot of people that we see come in here chronically ill for tens of years and their purpose and their attachment is to their illness. When they were getting better, they started to get scared because they were losing their identity. That was them. They didn't have work. They were disabled a lot of times because of their chronic disabilities and illnesses. And so they didn't even know what to do with themselves, they said. And we have a psychologist, my mother, on hand here to help guide through people because we realize that's such a big part. But if you can't find purpose, if you can't be spiritually aligned with what you're put on this earth to do, then that is going to absolutely impact you and not just on the disease state, but on the aging state. So people that usually are a little bit lost, and you see this a lot right now, a lot of people are feeling a little bit detached and lost and, and not knowing what their purpose is. That can absolutely be an initiating factor, not just for aging at a, a, a quicker rate, but for disease formation. And it was really astonishing to see this was the X factor. And so much of what we teach people is to find that totem, that, that thing that means so much to you to get better. And that will lead you on your healing journey, even when you're healed. And hopefully that purpose also will keep you in a healthy state and always optimize you. So something like aging, you, you basically see from that state down, it just trickles down into a cellular level. And so you, you don't have that perp, you feel out of whack, you start, you know, the energy is usually down, you feel something wrong almost with you. And that starts to go into first your mind mentality, depressive states, you know, and then it goes into fatigue, actually, you know, all these other things on the biochemical. So it really originates with spirituality in a sense, and then turns into mind and body. So mind, body, spirit should really be spirit, mind, body, in a sense, because the most important is really the spirit. So it's really, really interesting when you break things down and you look 
at a disease population, analyze it, even when they get better, what is that X factor? And a lot of that is what I believe is, is a, a main factor in spirituality, which is your purpose. What are you here on this earth to do? And where do you find joy in doing it? And if there's one thing I'll say, you know, to anyone going through who doesn't know that, look at what brings you joy. Just do, you know, and, and don't talk yourself out of it. Cause I know, oh yeah, I love playing this sport, but I'm not going to be a professional athlete. I can't make money that way. Don't talk yourself out of it. It's not to say that you have to be a professional. If you love it, just do it more, find ways. The universe will provide for you in that way. But it'll also, if you keep denying yourself that you will find yourself in a state that'll lead to premature aging, disease formation, symptoms, everything else. So you know, spirituality is so essential. And you could look at the works of David Hawkins and so many others that kind of put it as this, that is it, it is spiritual. And then everything else underneath that. And, and so we have to kind of focus on that a little bit more if we're going to talk about anything like aging medicine and health, because it truly is essential. And I think that's a big part of what is missing right now in the medical paradigm and the anti-aging paradigm is this idea to reconnect not just with nature, but with yourself and your purpose. You speak my language, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad to hear that because yeah. it doesn't connect with everyone. It well, might be a little woo and it's like, all right, show yeah. me the science. It's like, well, there is. You can even well, go I into it. I yeah. see it in my client population, right? I wrote a whole ebook, Unlocking Your Vitality, talking about just this. But what I will add to what you mentioned, I don't think that we can really separate body, mind, spirit and energy, I kind of came up with this equation that I hope Stephen Hawking would be uh, okay. excited about. So body plus mind plus spirit plus energy equals whole human. So say, for example, someone likes, and I talk about this in my ebook, I kind of elaborate on it a little bit more. You can get it at rachelvarga.ca. It's a really fun ebook. There's some cute little behind the scenes photos of me grounding in nature and all that cool stuff. But say, for example, we're talking about Stephen Hawking. He was wheelchair bound. I believe he had ALS. Mm -hmm. uh, very unfortunate, debilitating, degenerative disease, but his mind and his purpose. So I feel like if, say, you have some type of physical disability, right, or mental disability, you can almost bolster up those body, mind, spirit, energy practices to almost kind of level the playing field. And this is actually a chemistry term, Le Chatelier's principle, where things will actually reorganize themselves in a reaction to create more equilibrium. And I feel that if you're if you're wavering physically, really just work on the mental, spiritual and energetic aspects of yourself to almost help to lift that up. And even if we're talking about spiritual literature um, in the Bible, Jesus was actually reported as having like a glow to his skin. There's even reference in the Old Testament to, you know, bones vibrating mm -hmm. and things like that. And I'm sure if you were to look at other type of spiritual texts, you would see things like that as well. But that is one of the key factors that I see in my most vibrant and radiant clients is having uh not not being religious but having a spiritual type of practice and we just got we just got a heart when i said that i thought that was really great so that's landing with someone which is great do you have anything to add to you know spirituality and aging and kind of like that what i actually want to ask you is what do you think radiance is I think radiance is is just this being in, in complete balance and and this basically expression of you know spirituality coming through through your body in a sense and that connection. I think that's radiance because you could talk about someone being radiant and it, it could not literally mean a physical radiance, even though it's there. It could mean that energetic presence. Someone walks in the room and they could not be the most beautiful person, let's say, but they're radiating, right? They're radiating something. And I think that's energy, right? When you think about that, when we say we're vibing with that, you know, you're literally vibrations are, you know, coherent and, and doing that. And that's everything. So I think it, like you said, it all comes down to energy. When I look at it, everything is energy, you know, whether it's mind, body, spirit, those are all energetic frequencies. The body is the slowest one because energy at the physical format is a slow vibration, whereas spirituality is a very high vibration and then much um, higher and in tune with everything around us. So, you know, radiance is, is really an energetic starting point that expresses itself as we are holistically balanced in life. And that's, that's the big part. And 
again, you know, a lot of people are like, well, you know, balance is a nice idea. And, and I have to say, after learning so much, you're never going to be balanced. If you always look at someone on a tight wire or just, you know, a high uh, performer up there, they're always balancing. They have this stick and they're always doing this. So you're always in a state of balancing. There's no such thing as perfect balance. So in your life, if you find you're, you know, a little out of balance or something's happening, that's just a means to go in one direction or another. Symptoms are usually the best way to do it. But of course, you, you could do it on just feeling. And I think when you're in radiance, it's kind of like you're at that point where you're perfectly like balancing and things are just happening. Your energy's coming off that way. And people bring you know that up. And I think that comes through in the skin as well. All these things. You want that balanced mind, body, spirit for that ability to be radiant and, and to really uh, kind of give that off. So... Now, that's what I would say. I'd bring it all back to energy where it all starts anyway. And, you know, definitions could always be different, but, um, and how we express that, but that's where I would look at. That's beautiful. And Dr. Beverly Rubick, uh, she does a lot of work in giving presentations. You can check out her free stuff on YouTube. She has like a number of hour and a half, two and a half hour sessions talking about the human biofield. And she shared in one of her presentations, like I said before, the face is one of the highest emitters of photons, which are packets of light from the body. And uh, I really love connecting with men like you, Casper, that I do kind of see that come through. It's almost like the skin creates a little bit of a gleam. And when you are optimized and you are as balanced as possible, what's going to happen is your body is going to work like egg beaters. There's going to be the mechanisms in place to allow your body to stay in a less toxic state and deal with those toxins and flush them out. So there's less opportunity for toxins to accumulate in your body when you simply give it what it wants. Casper, why are doctors, biohackers, athletes, and anti-aging experts all so excited about NAD plus and NATOVIM? Yeah, NED plus is something that was introduced to me in the center many years, probably like five, six years, even though it was on, I think, our, our radar for a number of years. And it's one of these things that's interesting that's just coming up because every single cell in your body needs it to survive. When I spoke to NAD experts in the beginning, they're like, listen, it's it's oxygen and NAD. These are <laughs> every single cell needs to, to function, to survive. Every Your mitochondria, the powerhouse of every single cell requires NAD, nicotinamide, and, uh, nicotinamide adenide dinucleotide. Um, and NAD plus, just to jog our memories, is that an electron transport carrier? Yes, it okay. is in the chain. They're incredibly essential for so much of the transfer of electrons and basically, you know, so there many There we go. It's, it's just that transfer it's just of energy. transfer of energy, right? And that's all it is. And if you want to break it down, it helps the transfer of energy of the foods you eat, what you consume into actual cellular energy, ATP, and everything else. So that's where it starts. So without it, you're, you're just not an energized state. And if you look on it on a cellular level, it is basically helping to function the cell function properly. So when you have a lot of toxicity and everything, we know a lot of toxins usually get stored in connective tissue and the matrix itself that, that the cells won't have the energy to then move that out, to get that. And it just rests there and it causes inflation, inflammation, and it causes a host of chronic diseases that way. Um, and even fatigue and everything else. So, you know, when we started looking at it, we went to a drug rehabilitation center that was utilizing this because most people that are on drugs or going through withdrawals or anything are heavily NAD depleted. And just by flushing the body with NAD, their withdrawal symptoms are basically gone and they have a much better time recovering and getting off drugs. And we looked at, okay, that, that works on that population. What about the rest of us? And this was around the time other companies, Elysium and others, were really looking at this trend of what can we do with NAD? And really the results are all of us are depleted. All of us, even the healthy ones sometimes are depleted because we're just living stressful lives. It's just how we live today. We, you know, we're always with our phone around stress of, you know, things coming in and social media. And then we're, like you said, so many toxins, you can't get away from them. And every single toxin is basically a depleter of NAD. Pharmaceutical drugs are depleters. Alcohol is depleter. Uh, you know, just chronic stress is a huge depleter of NAD. So we start to lose this and the cells just won't function the same. And so if you look at on a cellular level, we started doing IVs five, six years ago on basically chronic people, usually at the end stages of their therapy. Um, 
And we saw great, vast neurological improvement, brain improvement, uh, energy improvement. And people were just saying, wow, that was like, you know, it took me back 20 years there after I got my IV. And we said, all right, that, that's pretty remarkable. How could we do this in and get it into the hands of others who aren't just patients and IVs are expensive and time consuming? You need a medical uh, professional there. And so we started going about it with a nutraceutical company. My father was involved in, uh, involved in the formulation to say, how do we get NAD into the capsule, make it a bioavailable, orally consumed Add it with other ones that'll be synergistic, like coenzyme Q12, uh, Q10, another great one for energy, and together has been shown to work for chronic fatigue syndrome and other things. And then we did Bacopa, Cat's Claw, Magnesium, Glycine, Thymine, you know, all these things that, that have shown impact on the brain. And so... You know, we were really proud of that. And then doctors picked up on that. And of course, biohackers are always looking at nootropics and saying, how can I improve the brain that is the most, you know, you could say the most important organ for so many functions, especially when it comes to focus and productivity. And then finally, athletes, we got soccer players on that were just saying, hey, I'm zoned in when I'm playing and I'm just reacting better. I'm also picking up on all the training videos and everything more. And of course, finally, anti-aging is one of the biggest because again, aging starts on the cellular level and even the mitochondrial theory of aging is there. If your mitochondria can't function properly, that's where aging all starts. So it was really uh, an exciting endeavor. And our first product we ever did, we were kind of sitting around for 10 years thinking this up and what would be our first product because we have so many different tools, techniques and therapies here. We wanted to pivot that into a product anyone can take and benefit from. So Nadavim was the birth out of that and understanding NAD, and it is really exciting. I mean, people are just still picking up on it. Again, to me, it's like, wow, this is such an important, such an important molecule. They say it's like the molecule of life and the you know fountain of youth, other people have called it. Um, and we are unfortunately being depleted of it, and I don't see that slowing down anytime soon. I mean, we're under more stress than ever. News has us in panic and fear all the time. How, much, you, how much news do you watch, Casper? Basically zero. I mean, I still look at some updates that I choose online to look at. Um, but honestly, I mean, in the last two years, I had to. I was the person that did wake up and turn on the news and just started getting my day ready. And People then I learned addicted to it. People are telling me they're literally addicted to the news right now. Absolutely. And I could understand now why. You know, now it's it's you know, you're addicted to that fear, that panic, and always knowing what's going on. Um, you know, one thing I'll say is I went away to Africa for one month and did just a month in southern Africa through Namibia and all these places that you don't get any cell phone service in. There is nothing to do there, you know, except be in the middle of of one of the most sparsely populated regions in the world in Namibia. Um, so I went a month without my cell phone and it was marvelous. It didn't feel like, oh, me and the group there didn't have things to talk about because we weren't up on, you know, our current events. Like people always say, oh, the news is how you become educated. And you could talk about current events. Not true. Not true. You could have such better discussions, feel more relaxed, be more in tune with nature uh, and, and still have really intellectual kind of conversation that, again, I think touch you on a purpose level instead of knowing what the latest count of something is out there that really doesn't impact your lives too much at the end of the day. Yeah, well, well said. I'll also say that uh, people who I see that are coming to see me that are wearing Apple watches, I'm in the middle of doing something for them and then they get a buzz on their wrist. Oh yeah. So what, uh, what that does is like these notifications, they keep you in that high beta state and deplete your adrenals. They put you in adrenal fatigue. And it's really interesting. I really gave myself for a break um, with media and being very intentional with time spent on social media, I put screen time limits of 45 minutes on my social networking site. So that's all I would give myself. And yes, I get back to all of your DMs that you send me <laughs> on uh, Facebook and Instagram. That's me answering those, of course. But it's it's really, really interesting, the connection between grounding and, be, you know, we are a little too positive. And what I mean by that, we have to, uh, an overabundance of protons in the body. So we got your proton and your electron, right? And plus and minus and things like that. And when our, our electricity is kind of out of whack, 
that's going to impact the NAD plus uh, from being able to scavenge electrons to then do the cascade of creating ATP in the mitochondria. So if you're kind of like, oh, why is grounding so important? Well, there's that. And also it's going to help with your ionic interactions with your red blood cells so that you get better oxygenation. I really want to encourage you guys to evaluate how much news you're looking at, what you're looking at. And I, I really want to encourage everybody to continue to have their own opinion. I just finished reading a really great book, Owning Your Shadow. And the psychologist that wrote the book at the end, he was talking about when he was in university, the professor, you know, he had a debate that he had prepared for. And then a minute before the debate, the instructor said, now you have to do the other side. And actually what I gleaned from that conversation and what he mentions at the end of his book, it's a beautiful read. It's a very quick read. It's great. But when we have uh, differing viewpoints and opinions, when you entertain both sides, sometimes you can actually come to an even greater um, conclusion, which which is really important. And we need to keep our opinions and be able to have opinions and um, not be afraid to question programs, right? Like, for example, how we look at ourselves, Canada Food Guide a long time ago, it's telling you to eat lots of dairy and lots of grains and and all sorts of things that aren't very good for you. And so things things change and it's up to you. The onus is on you to listen. So when you're tuning in here, you're, you know, highly discerning individual already, but maybe this information could be helpful to someone else around you that's really struggling at the moment, especially young moms. I see young moms having a really hard time. They're not able to get that peace and quiet right now. And they're kind of inundated with things all the time. So do you have any kind of closing remarks, Casper, and, you know, how people can work with you, what you found, you know, interesting in our conversation here and anything else you'd like to elaborate on? Well, everything I found interesting. And I, I, I do think that's part of maybe what people need to do. And I think there was something you said there that kind of resonated with me is we, we need to think for ourselves. Critical thinking is essential for growth. Growth is essential for healing. And change is essential hearing and our ability to, to deal with change is, is kind of everything. That's where, you know, I, I learned about heart rate variability and Darwin didn't say it wasn't the strongest or the smartest that survives. It's the, the species that's able to change the easiest that adapts to change. Right. And we need to be able to adapt and, and thinking for ourselves and always looking at what's out there. I am only here because my father was a critical thinker that said, all right, this establishment isn't working for me right now. I feel a little bit off and my purpose and spirituality is a little bit missing. I want to go travel the world and see what else is out there. And he was ridiculed by many of his colleagues and said, you're crazy, doc. Like, you know, and now you're going to do this stuff and now you're going to go out of insurance and out of the, you know, medical specialty and do something that's woo and crazy and and guess what? Even with all the fear, he said, as he did it, the results went you know, through the roof and more people came to him than ever. And he got recognition for that. So I think a lot of times we get stuck in this pattern of just kind of following and being fearful, which many of us are. And that stunts our ability to think and even look at outside options. Take that other side. Be devil's advocate. Look at and be really interested in learning both sides. I, I, you know, everyone has their kind of predisposed beliefs and everything in this world, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I think it's wrong when you automatically delete the other side, where you automatically say, I'm not even going to listen to you. I'm right. You're wrong. And that does, that leads to stagnation. And we know from all traditional things, stagnation is death in a sense. It leads you that way. Change is movement. It's energy. It's chi. It's all of these things. So, you know, if, if I'm going to leave it anywhere, I would say, continue to learn, continue to be like a child with this curiosity of what is out there and openness. Don't get stuck in your television and in fear and say, no, no, to anything else out there. Don't just take one side of the story. Look at all sides of the story and see what resonates with you, even if it goes against people in your family or others. That's okay. I have so many conversations with people that adopt this type of medicine, like, yeah, but my father's really against it. And my spouse is really, it's like, okay, but guess what? When you come out healthy and you come out vibrant, you come out, trust me, they'll come on board. 
I've done so many interviews with people where they're like, I was, I thought this was such BS when I started here. And then I experienced it. And that's a big part. My changing thought when I experienced it, now I'm telling everyone, you got to do it. I don't even understand it yet, but I'm learning about it. I'm getting into it. So I think having that openness is is such a, a big thing in, in healing and anti-aging and all of it and and continuously learning that like that. But you got to be open. You got to be uh, willing to do it. Um, and you have to also be in touch with yourself, that, that intuition and everything and knowing, cause otherwise it is a, a lot, there's a lot of information out there, but find what resonates with you and keep going, keep trying and keep that, you know, that book open and, and learning and, and going down rabbit holes. I love rabbit holes. Uh, it's just maybe you get caught in one and you go down too far, but there's so many to go out there and find what brings you joy, find what brings you happiness, keep doing that. I've realized that that's a lot of what healing is, is really tapping into that unleashed potential of self-healing. Healing never comes from the doctor. It never comes from the supplements or anything like that. It really starts with you. Those can act as guides and catalysts, but it's all in here already. You know, trusting yourself and, and kind of, you know, build that up again and, and continue to think, be open and, and search for new ways. So that's, that's, that's what I kind of leave it at. Beautiful. And what came to mind was when we're kids and we ask our parents, why, why, yes. why start doing that? Start asking those questions again. Just don't just take information at face value. Look at the data yourself, guys really look at the research. You guys can go on PubMed yourself and look at academic articles. It's really not that scary, but you definitely should. Having that childlike um, questioning mindset, that's where growth happens. That's where innovation happens. That's where we don't stay stagnant. And I just want everybody to know that in my opinion, we're going through highly evolutionary times. Um, there have been wind changes at the North Pole and that is in that is changing the electronics of the the um, you know the grids of our planet right now so everything that we can do to i actually dm'd you some information on that from professor lim but uh, just be aware of that that these are highly evolutionary times things are highly reactive at the moment on the planet and also within our bodies so I'm sure that uh, people tuning in here, uh, you listening, were able to get at least one little tidbit of information, something that you can start to apply into your life today. And I just wanted to thank you, Casper Schultz, for joining me here on the show. Here's absolute pleasure having you on. Definitely going to have you on again. And for everybody tuning in, you can learn more about Casper Schultz at InnovativeMedicine.com and natoveem.com and Casper's information will be in the show notes. And you can also check this, uh, his information out at the rachelvarga.ca forward slash blog. All the show notes will be there as well and how you can get your hands on his supplement and be sure to subscribe to the channel here and hit the bell notification on Facebook and YouTube so that, you know, when I go live next and reach out rachelvarga.ca one-on-one Sessions are available with me where I can help you optimize what you're doing at home and also in the clinic and just help you age and possibly well through conversations here on the Rachel Varga podcast with, you know, fantastic forward thinking individuals like, like uh, Casper Schultz here. Thank you so much for joining us today, Casper. Thank you, Rachel. It was a real pleasure. <laughs>